This is the Gartner Podcast for Supply Chain Leaders. Hello, my name is Thomas O'Connor, and welcome to the Gartner Supply Chain Podcast. This is one of my favorite times of the month, as it means that I get the opportunity to sit down with some of Gartner's best thinkers, innovators, and leaders to share with you the most up-to-date strategic insights and tactical tips you need to drive supply chain success. Today, we'll be exploring a type of research that we haven't previously covered on the podcast, Gartner's Maverick Research, that's designed to spark new, unconventional insights. Specifically today, we'll investigate a piece of research titled, Demand Driven is Deadly to Your Supply Chain. Gartner clients, you can access this research via the link in the show notes or directly on Gartner.com. And joining me for this discussion are my great colleagues, Frank Boydendike, Gartner's Global Maverick Research Lead, and Tim Payne, the man who's going to share with us why he believes demand-driven supply chain principles are deadly for your supply chain. Frank, Tim, it's great to have you joining us today. And thank you for the invitation. It's lovely to be here. Yes, thanks very much, Thomas. Uh, very pleased to be able to uh, participate today. Brilliant. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. So, Frank, if you don't mind, I'd like to kick things off with you and some fundamentals. Specifically, can you give our audience a quick behind the scenes of how and why Gartner does Maverick research? I ask because I think it's important our audience understands today what the research is about that we'll be discussing in terms of the different angle that we take to actually produce this kind of content. Yeah, so the, the Maverick is, is Gartner's research incubator, if you will, for unconventional research. And in the program, analysts can do a number of things. Uh, they can take a minority position. Uh, they can introduce new topics. Um, they can explore unconventional timelines. And it's really a program of the people, if you will. These topics can come from every analyst in every corner of the organization. And um, there's uh, like a, a, a voting process of which which topics um, uh, seem most interested. And then um, if one of those proposals is chosen, the analysts get some time to work on it and discuss with each other and, and develop that, that maverick position. And, and as a reader, um, or, or now on the podcast as a listener, uh, when you get confronted with what we call challenging conventional wisdom, perhaps that research then exposes a new angle that you hadn't considered yet, and then, then you make a change. Or you come to the conclusion that after shaking the tree a little bit, um, that your approach actually is sound, so there is no need to change. So whatever the outcome of the podcast uh, is for you, uh, you win, you, you learn something. Fantastic, Frank. Yeah, it's... um. It's really interesting thinking about it, right? It's intentionally meant to be provocative. And that, yes. that provocation is fantastic because it means that um, whether you agree with it or not, it's at least challenging your thinking. And so this is a podcast that I've certainly been looking forward to recording for, for some time now. It's great to have you and, and Tim on board. Um, but with that said, I, I want to transition over to Tim now and this specific piece on um, demand-driven supply chains because we've seen for well over half a century now that there's been this assumption, this prevailing assumption that supply chains can be planned using a forecast of future demand as a key input to the rest of planning, such as inventory production or otherwise. And we've been very forecast driven. And that that's the sort of foundation, as I believe it, at least of demand driven supply chains. And Tim, you're challenging that prevailing wisdom. So 
I'd love to hear from you sort of what inspired you to publish this piece of research and why you think demand-driven supply chains can be deadly. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks very much, um, Thomas. Um, I've been working in supply chain planning uh, for over 30 years. So about half that time actually in supply chains, running supply chain planning groups, uh, doing sales and operations planning and demand planning and supply planning. Um, and then the other half, I've been here at Gartner, uh, looking into supply chain planning technologies. Uh, so I've spent a lot of time in, in, in and around the whole area of, of supply chain planning. And when I think back, it sort of, for many years, bothered me a lot around this idea of, you know, everything is predicated in supply chain planning on the forecast. We always look at the forecast. We spend a lot of time and effort uh, trying to in increase the accuracy uh, of that forecast. Um, and I think the result of that is if you sort of peel back the layers and look at it is that you actually ultimately end up with what I call uh, rigid and fragile plans. The, the plans that hang off the back of the forecast, you know, what we're going to do from an inventory perspective, replenishment supply perspective, um, are actually very deterministic in nature because we have this assumption that, you know, everything is going to be driven off an accurate forecast and we do everything we possibly can to make that forecast accurate, which we never can. The subsequent plans and decisions that we then develop based off of that forecast, they're hard to change, but they're very easy to break. Now, if I go back 15, 20 years or whatever, Maybe that didn't matter so much. You know, I remember when I first started in supply chain and in supply chain planning, certainly our supply chains were not as global as they are now. They're not as complex as they are now. We didn't have as many products as we do now. Uh, we didn't have operating environments that are as uncertain and volatile as they are now. So, you know, in the, in the early days, you know, and this whole sort of approach of driving everything off the forecast, you can trace back really to the days of MRP, you know, back in the early 60s, I think, was when that first sort of came out as a concept. And we've never really fundamentally re-examined that. We haven't really challenged that. That paradigm is still baked into pretty much everything we do from a supply chain planning perspective. Given the way our supply chains have to operate today, you know, look at what's happened over the last couple of years, very big disruptions to supply chains. And, you know, those disruptions can come from these days from all sorts of different directions. Uh, we need a different way of um, thinking about the supply chains, planning supply chains, making those decisions that's more... Um, I don't know, in the research, I called it uncertainty driven. I'm not sure if that's, you know, uh, the right name or not, but, um, you know, not being forecast driven or forecast accuracy driven, because that's how the vast majority of companies and uh, technology providers think about being demand driven. Brilliant. It's really interesting when you start to look at some of Gartner's data, right? You know, you, you published this great table in your report around um, looking at the last 10 years of Gartner's supply chain technology user wants and needs survey and how so consistently uh, improving forecast accuracy or forecast accuracy itself has been a top internal obstacle to achieving supply chain goals. And so that, that seems to really ring true with some of those, uh, I guess, mindsets or messages that you were just referencing there. Um, Tim, I want to 
really dive into a piece that you mentioned um, during that opening piece uh, around unexecutable plans and how, you know, when we're driving our demand-driven concepts, we're striving for forecast accuracy or reducing forecast error, um, it leads to these unexecutable plans. And just want to hear a bit more of your, I guess, thinking around those unexecutable plans and how we can potentially um, deal with those um, as we look ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think this is a fascinating area. So, you know, as I was saying before, because of this sort of fixation on forecast accuracy and driving that uh, accurate, in the inverted commas, forecast upstream in the supply chain, we make the assumption essentially that all the all the following on decisions from that, you know, how much inventory we're going to have, how much you know we're going to replenish into the distribution centres, how much you know we're going to produce in manufacturing, we're going to buy in from suppliers is going to therefore be accurate. Um, so we create a plan. You know, if you look at the way uh, planning works, if you look at what companies doing sales and operations planning, they're essentially creating, producing a plan because hidden assumption behind that is that it's going to be okay. You know, it's based off an accurate forecast. Therefore, everything that follows will be accurate. We only really need to create one plan. And in a way, this goes back a little bit to, you know, the early days of the technologies that we had. You know, it would take all night or all weekend to create that one plan anyway. We had a sort of a practical limitation if, we, you know, in terms of sort of, you know, can we create more than one plan? Now, we can today. Even so, the, you know, companies would say, well, I'll run some scenarios. But the number of scenarios that we create is still, well, there's still many companies that don't. Um, those that do, they're probably only creating a very small number of scenarios. So there's still, even today, this sort of, you know, single plan, you know, we all, we still talk about, you know, the single version of the truth. One plan is always talked about in the context of sales and operations planning, for example. Now, the problem with that plan that we've created is that it is... Um, it assumes that sort of accuracy uh, of the of the forecast that's driving it. Um, in essence, we're not taking account of the uncertainty, the variability in the uncertainty of the real world. The demand varies. There's a probability around the demand. Similarly, for the way our suppliers uh, supply products to us or our manufacturing plants make things or our logistics services move things around. There's always in the real world st stochastic behavior, uncertainty. But we don't take that into account uh, very much at all or, or at all in many cases when we're creating those plans. So we sit in sales and operations planning and we look at the plan and the decision stakeholders are looking at that and going, you know, even if, say, for example, we bring five scenarios along, which would still be very unusual today, I think, in, a, in an SNOP um, process. So we're looking at five scenarios and we're looking at the KPIs that are associated with those. And, um, you know, there's something around service, something around profitability, maybe revenue, you know, maybe a couple of other, you know, financially orientated metrics. And the stakeholders are going to go, yeah, scenario number three, that, you know, maximizes service or gets us to our target service level, but gives us uh, the highest level of profitability. And you go, okay, but what's the likelihood that that plan is actually going to happen? Because we've got this deterministic plan that we've created, this one plan or these five scenarios, but they're still very deterministic in nature. 
So the likelihood, the very strong likelihood is that that plan will not be executable. We won't get that level of service and that level of profitability because we don't execute the plan in the system that created the plan in the planning system. We execute the plan in the real world and the real world is uncertain and volatile. So if we were to say to um, the executives, if the, the decision stakeholders in SNOP, okay, you've got these five scenarios. Scenario number three, you've picked that one and you like the numbers it gives from a service and a profitability perspective. It gives you the target service, gives you the maximum profit out of the five options that you've got in front of you. But what if we were to also give you another metric that goes along with those, a metric that relates to the probability of being able to execute that plan? And if we told you that scenario number three had a 35% probability of being executed or being you, you being able to execute that, and then if we told you, if you look at scenario number four, that one's got the same level of service. So it gets you your target service level, gives you slightly less profitability. So it's not at the maximum. It's slightly below that. It's going to cost a little bit more to do. But its probability of being executed is 95% or 90%, much higher than scenario number three. Now, which out of those two scenarios would you choose? In a traditional way of doing this, we pick number three because we just wouldn't have that understanding of how likely it is that that plan is going to be executed. Um, the reality is that, you know, once we start to think that way and we get to a number like 35% probability, that tells us there's going to be an awful lot of firefighting around that plan. If we pick that one, it's going to get disrupted a lot by uncertainty and variability out in the execution world. So we're going to end up expediting, we're going to end up air freighting, we're going to end up spending more money trying to achieve that level of service that we want, which is the reality for very many supply chains out there today. You know, we're not able to follow the plan because that plan is not executable. Um, and so we end up throwing a lot more cost at it. So we don't get those KPIs that we're deciding on when we're sat around the table in sales and operations planning, uh, because there's going to be all of this firefighting cost, expedition, expediting costs, etc. So what happens, I think, or will happen as we, if we break away from the, um, the way the majority of organizations and companies think about being demand-driven, you know, accurate forecast, create the plans off the back of that forecast, we can start to get into a mindset that looks more at um, incorporating that uncertainty and that volatility into the way that we make our plans and decisions. It moves us into this area we call probabilistic planning. So you're starting to say, look, you know, the real world is full of uncertainty and variability. You know, it's a lot more than it used to be. It's likely to be, you know, either the same or probably more in the future. Um, Trying to create a deterministic plan effectively takes very little, if any, consideration of that is always going to result in a plan that you can't follow. And so companies go, right, OK, so what if I change the plan all the time, which is one of the tactics where with demand driven that companies still try to um, deploy. We've seen a lot of interest in the last uh, couple of years, 18 months or so around this notion of resiliency. 
you know, well, I want to be more resilient. I now am in an environment that's a lot more uncertain and volatile than it was, you know, um, 18 months, two years ago, for obvious reasons. Now I want more resiliency. So I'm creating a plan that I can't achieve. um, So I'm breaking it more frequently. So I'll just replan. And you go, well, you know, that's just recasting the plan. You know, each time you see something happen in the demand side or the supply side, to say, well, I'll recreate that plan. And, you, you know, and the problem that companies are coming up with now is, well, that just you know fires a lot of nervousness, as it were, through through the supply chain. You know, I can change the plan, but can execution change that quickly to keep up with that plan? And again, it's because that plan is rigid um, and fragile, so it's hard to change. It's easy to break, and hasn't really got that, um, or hasn't got much at all resiliency sort of built into it. Tim, I love it. I love your enthusiasm for it as well. It's um, it's very apparent as you talk about it, and you know, it's clearly something that you you fundamentally believe in. And you know, the thing that this brings me back to is, you know, if our listeners are buying what you're selling, right? What you're putting forward is what they need to do. If you're going to sum up and you know, give a concise, short piece of guidance to them, really around what they should be thinking about or where they should maybe start when it comes to moving away from some of these traditional demand-driven principles, what would that look like? Because I think that's a, a really important area for us to maybe close off and, and something that I try to get for all the podcasts, to be frank, that the bit of actionability on the end. Yeah, I, I think there are a, um, a few key things to think about. Um, the first one is, is obvious, I think, um, when you start to sort of look into this is, you know, don't be fixated on forecast accuracy. It has its place, but it's not the be all and end all. You've got to start, um, you know, understanding and thinking about the probabilities of this level of demand, that level of demand, etc. An early step into this is getting into what we call range forecasting. Don't just have one number that you may be an error around that, that you've pushed back upstream in the supply chain. You know, look at the worst case, the likely case, the best case. And that's a means by which you can then start getting into what we call probabilistic uh, planning, you know, probabilistic forecasting, probabilistic replenishment and in inventory uh, planning, supply planning, etc. This is where you start to take more account of the uncertainty of the world in which or the environment in which you're going to execute that plan. So, you know, the uncertainty, you know, the probability distribution of the demand, you know, what's the likelihood that you're going to get this level, that level, the other level um, of demand so that you can then start to make some decisions off the back of that, that that are going to take that into account. In effect, you start to build in some sort of, you know, uh, risk mitigation uh, tactics there as well. So you move essentially, you know, pick your areas. You know, what I always, uh, you know, when I'm getting into these conversations with clients is to say, where do you get hit the hardest with uncertainty? What's the area, at the, what's the top area at the moment that comes along from execution and invalidates your plan? You know, for many at the moment, it can be inbound supplies. You know, there's a lot of shortages out there at the moment. Um, there's a lot of elongated and, and um, uncertain and variable lead times from from suppliers. So you're saying, well, if that's what's causing, you know, your plan to be invalidated, yet we thought we were going to get the raw materials on Friday. They didn't turn up. <laughs> going to be three weeks late. 
So the plan that we've got in manufacturing is now not going to be valid. So, um, you know, start to build, you know, you can get more of the data these days. You can look at the patterns in the data. You know, machine learning is a great approach for, for helping to do that. So you can start to pick your battles, as it were, to move from this sort of deterministic mindset to a more probabilistic one, you know, build in the probability of those lead times from the suppliers, you know, because you know it's going to be a range. In the real world, you know it varies. Why have a static one number lead time in your planning systems, uh, for example? So that's that's a, a good way to get started. Um, it also helps then to um, bring in that uncertainty quantify it and bring it in as an expression, as it were, into the, um, the model that you're using uh, from a supply chain perspective. Um, and then eventually you can get to the stage, I think, where you can start to understand that, um, you know, as you take more account of that uncertainty in, in those key areas that you've identified, you'll start to put in some some tactics and, and, and approaches to, you know, more explicitly manage that uncertainty. Maybe the capacities you put in place, maybe the inventories, maybe the fact that you, you know, you have dual or triple sourcing on products. You know, you've got the ability to switch things around more quickly and you can use those tactics in your day-to-day -day, um, execution. So you get to then to the stage, I think, where you, you recognize the problems with forever propagating the demand signal upstream. It doesn't mean you don't do it. It means really that particularly in the shorter term um, horizon, you want to be more driven by what's really happening in the supply chain in terms of the way customers are actually ordering and the supplies are actually coming in or at least predicted to come in in the very short term horizon. Um, so that you're effectively, um, because of that approach of, of breaking the propagation through the supply chain, you are effectively then going to fully utilize those risk mitigation tactics that you put in place because this constant propagation of the signal just recasts everything all the time. All right, we'll recalculate the safety stocks, we'll recalculate the production plans, um, et cetera. But that tends to come along a little bit bit later on. But you know, really a key thing to get going is to start to recognize that uncertainty and is starting baby steps away from the sort of deterministic approach to the probabilistic approach um, and pick your battles. You know, where do you get hit the hardest today from an uncertainty perspective? Those are really good areas to start. All right. Fantastic. Um, that's great, Tim. Thank you so much. And, and Frank as well, thank you for joining us today to both give us a bit of insight into both the Maverick program more broadly and this specific piece of research on demand-driven principles being deadly to your supply chain. To our audience, whether you agree or not coming away from today's session that demand-driven is deadly for your supply chain. A huge thank you to you all for joining us to think about and question one of our fundamental supply chain principles that, to be frank, we almost all live by. Of course, if you'd like to find out more about this research, Gartner clients are welcome to engage Tim via our inquiry service, while I'd also strongly recommend reading the full report. To do so, clients can use the link to the report in the show notes or simply go to Gartner.com and search for Maverick Research, demand-driven is deadly to your supply chain. Finally, if you've enjoyed our show, please be sure to go to Gartner.com, Apple's Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you've listened to our podcast and give us a five-star rating as well as subscribe to make sure you're notified once our next podcast is released. 
My name's Thomas O'Connor, and I can't wait to be speaking with you all again real soon. Thank you. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gardner Podcasts are a production of Gardner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations. 